Hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from the tech and business world and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today, we have Sarah Moskoff, the CEO and co-founder of Winnie, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, very interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is super exciting. I mean, the pleasure is absolutely all mine. I can't wait. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Fantastic. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by public.com. Public.com is the investing social network where you can buy stocks with any amount of money and share ideas within a community of investors. Public.com combines the ease of fractional investing, which is when you buy stocks in small slices versus small shares, with an educational community that makes it possible to learn and build your confidence. Honestly, asking my friends or researching what people I trust are doing with their stocks has always been a big part of my approach to the stock market anyway. And public.com makes it super easy to do that. It's free to use and there are $0 commission fees on standard trades, plus no account minimums to get started. Head to public.com to sign up or take a look at what I'm investing in at public.com slash yay Alexis Gay. And now the fine print, this is not investment advice. This offer is valid for U.S. residents 18 plus and subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures for more information. So to give our dear listeners a little sense for your professional background, Sarah Moskoff is the CEO and co-founder of Winnie, a marketplace for daycare and preschool, helping millions of parents across the United States connect with over 200,000 childcare providers. Sarah has a background in consumer technology and product management, having worked at Postmates, Twitter, YouTube, and Google. She graduated with a computer science and engineering degree from MIT. She's also a mom of three young children. Sarah, that's a lot of kids. It's a few (laughs) too many. About three too many. It's more than one per hand, which I find concerning. Not recommended. (laughs) Well, one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on, obviously your incredible professional accomplishments aside, was that I love the way that you give people on Twitter a little bit of insight into not only childcare and all that in general, but your own experience having kids and your videos are so cute. And I, I love the things that you share with everyone. Thanks. I feel like people like my Twitter account because it makes them feel better about their own life. So it's my contribution to the world. Thank you for your service, (laughs) your Twitter service. So my first question for you is work is done for the day and you close your computer. Then what? Well, I feel like at around 530, my real job begins, which is taking care of my kids and feeding them dinner and bathing them, cleaning the kitchen, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get their teeth brushed, uh, trying to get them in pajamas and oh trying God. to put them to sleep. It's just like two and a half hours are just like the most intense two and a half hours of my day. And it's when I, you know, sign off from my job. Yeah. I have the most intense part of my job. Wow. I always feel like Monday morning is my my vacation. That's my weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I get to sit at my computer again. <laughs> Wow. One of my favorite things about children's apparel are hats, towels, sweaters, et cetera, with ears attached to the hat. Do you have any of that? Does that appeal to you? I don't personally have it. My kids mm-hmm. have, my kids have <laughs> it. Yeah. They're, they're big fans of ears on things. It's so cute. It's like you had a baby and now you have a tiny cub. And there's like a a coveted alligator towel that they all fight over. So 
I don't know if it's an alligator or a crocodile. I still don't know how to tell the difference. And they ask me and I'm like, I should look that up one of these days <laughs> so I can inform my children. But I haven't gotten around to it. When they get old enough, though, that could be a fun project for them. You could flip it around and be like, why don't you find out and let me know? I think they've inherited like my laziness gene. We're just all okay. never, we're never going to know. <laughs> I love that. Then that's going to be a family mystery forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have a name? Sometimes called alligator towel and sometimes called crocodile. (laughs) It's really embarrassing. The fact that there's an item in your home named alligator towel fills me with joy. Yeah, that is excellent. Super creative people. (laughs) I love that. I'm always naming stuff like that. I had a plant at my desk at work and it was little. So it was little plant. And then I got a second one and that one was other plant. That's about my level of naming. Sometimes you got to tell it like it is. And that's alligator towel. That's right. Does one of your kids usually win the fight for alligator towel or do you have them on a rotation system? No, it's always my oldest. Really? She wins everything. So love that. One day the the other two will beat her, but for now she, she can out muscle them. Sometimes them's the breaks. <laughs> Have you ever been known as the something person? Like something, for example, in high school, I was definitely the theater girl, something from high school, college, work, et cetera. Well, I won teacher's pet as like the senior oh my superlative. God. Oh my God. And I also won most likely to study for the SATs after the SATs were over. But I was <laughs> so, I guess, embarrassed and upset to win that one that I... Yes refused to take that title. So it went to the the person with the second most votes for that. But wow. I, I did accept the title for teacher's pet, which I think was kind of false because teachers mm. actually didn't like me, but sure, they were really annoyed by me because I would always argue like, I should have gotten that point. Mm-hmm. Why, why didn't you have extra credit on this test? This yes. brought my GPA down because yes. I only got a hundred. So they, they kind of hated me, but the sure. other kids thought that the teachers liked me because I was very studious. Where do you think this teacher's pet idea came from? You know, I always sat in the front of the class. I always answered every question. But it wasn't because I wanted the teachers to like me. It was Mm. because I wanted to be the best. Oh, yeah. And I was very competitive. And I think teachers actually kind of hated that. I mean, I would have hated me if I was teaching me. A hundred percent. I relate to this for sure. So you didn't want to be known as the person who would study after the SAT? Why not? Because I I wanted to think I was smart and I didn't like that everyone knew I was studying all the time, but I was studying all the time. And yeah. I did study for my SATs, so uh, it was legit. I should have accepted the title. Do you think now that there is actually a lot of value in being the person that studies that works hard versus someone who's naturally gifted? You know, I think one of the things, even all through college, I really focused on still just being the best, getting good Mm -hmm. grades, trying to succeed. And the big shift came for me actually at Google, which was my first job Mm -hmm. out of college. And I had to figure out how to add value to this organization. Now I always tell people like, focus more on the relationships you're developing and the people you're working with than just trying to succeed for yourself. That's great advice. That's something we should be telling everybody, I think. It took me like a couple years out of college figured out. Still, mm. some people I think in the Valley haven't figured that out and they're, they're many years <laughs> into their career. So I uh, hope they're listening right now yeah. to my podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know who you are. That is great. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? Something super inconsequential that really matters to you? 
So I, I tweeted this the other day. I hate raisins and I feel like they, <laughs> they ruin every food. Like they're just there to ruin breads and cookies wow. and whatever they're putting. Wow. Like there's no purpose to them whatsoever, except maybe if you're constipated. Are there any exceptions here? Is there anything you think actually is improved by raisins? So I was like totally willing to die on this hill and mm-hmm. I was fighting people on Twitter. It was getting really, really aggressive Heated. in my mentions. Yeah. And then one person did point out chocolate covered raisins. Ooh. I was like, oh, <laughs> you got me. <gasps> So you'll eat chocolate-covered raisins? I would eat chocolate-covered raisins, yeah. I haven't in a while because hmm. I feel like that's like a movie theater food. Have you ever had a snow cap outside of an AMC? <laughs> like, I don't think so. No. Okay, so here's what's interesting about that comment, though, about the raisins, is that your original take was that raisins ruin all things that they're in, but that they're okay as chocolate-covered raisins. And my response to that would be, that's because they're the main event of that mm. snack. They're not encroaching on other flavors. They're not in a cinnamon bagel. They're not in a surprise oatmeal cookie. They're the feature. And I think maybe they are just better as a standalone wrapped in chocolate. You know, my kids will eat raisins like they're candy. Like if I gave them raisins, they'd be like happier than if I gave them chocolate. Me too. To me, raisins are candy. That's disgusting. They're not good (laughs) even on their own. So I don't, I don't know, but I guess I'm happier giving them that than like chocolate. So... That's true. Have you ever baked something and then you had to omit the raisins? We like brawl about this in really? the house. It's like one of the the biggest controversies because everyone else likes raisins. Is it you against the rest of the family or is it anyone on your side? Maybe the baby's on my side <laughs> because he can't really chew yet. Uh, yeah. But he also can't talk. So Okay. We don't I know. think, we, yeah, we can put him on your side. I mean, I feel like he's pretty reliant on you right now. So I would guess that he'd be down for whatever you say. You'd be like, we like raisins. And he'd be like, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a mama's boy. Oh, that's so cute. Nine months, right? Ish? Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually about to turn 10 months soon. Yeah. Wow. Happy 10-month birthday to him. Thank you. Is there anything else like that where you are an outsider within your own little household, like the raisins? Well, also the way I look, because for some reason, I gave birth to three children who kind of came out all looking like my husband. Really? (laughs) It just doesn't seem right or fair. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. They're all tall and thin (laughs) and I'm short and not thin and just, it's not right. Maybe that'll change as they get older. Their hair can get darker. Like my husband said yesterday, he was trying to make me feel better. He said, the dominant traits always win. So they look like me, (laughs) but they have your brain. And I was like, "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. He was really thought that was like a nice thing to say to me. (laughs) I can get behind him taking that journey. (laughs) of saying those words. I would say, though, that he could have maybe swiftly backed away from them as soon as he saw your reaction. (laughs) I need him for childcare, so I I have to put up with him. (laughs) Go get the alligator towel, buddy, because we got work to do. (laughs) Exactly. Was there anything that your family did growing up that you thought was normal and then you later learned was extremely weird? So my parents are extremely weird, and I always did know that. Oh, okay. Self-aware, self-aware. Yeah. I mean, from a young age, people would always just point that out. Like your parents are (laughs) really unusual. (laughs) I think one of the things that I have realized 
growing up, we always ate really, really quickly. Like my brother and I would Hmm. consume our meal in like a few minutes and like a full meal. Uh, And I still do that today. I eat super fast. And I realized like that is not normal. And I think the reason I did it and I do that is because my parents would just eat the food off our plate if if we didn't finish it. <laughs> it would it would just all be gone. So we just learned to to adapt and survive and eat everything yeah. super quickly. A true eat or be eaten situation. Yeah. So I guess like other people didn't have that problem where their parents would eat all their food and they <laughs> they would have nothing left. I relate to that in the sense that whenever I had desserts, if I bought a cookie or something, I wouldn't tell my dad. He would joke. He would say, I need to test that for poison. And then he could have a bite of it. Every time I just remember if he saw it, I was like, oh God. He'd be like, oh, need to test that for poison. And I'd be like, no, it's fine. I've already eaten it. I got to try that on my kids. Now that you have a family, you said that you still eat quickly, but do you try to make sure that the kids and everybody are spending more than two to five minutes on the meal? My kids are the world's slowest eaters. Oh my God. And they love eating. They'll just sit there. They would just sit at the table all day and just eat if they could. (laughs) I love how you say that, like, they would just sit there. Yeah. So that sounds like that's not your style necessarily. I mean, everyone complains about their kids being picky eaters, not eating enough and trying to get their kids to eat. I'm like, I really wish my kids would just stop eating so that we could do anything else with our time. Do they make good dinner conversation? I'll sit at a dinner table for hours because we're having a nice chat. I mean, if you're like into poop and pee chat, they're pretty Mm. into that. That's a big Mm. topic or maybe sometimes throw up. Oh my God. (laughs) This is my nightmare dinner party scenario. (laughs) I'm from Connecticut. These things are not discussed at the table. (laughs) Yeah, That's, that's their level. Is there a fad that you look back on participating in? It could be something fashion, workout, cultural that now makes you a little bit cringy. I was a big participant in this like workaholic work all the time culture. Yes, 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 yes. Back before I had kids, uh, that does really make me cringe. Uh, mm-hmm. And I used to really like look down on people who didn't spend their nights and weekends at the office. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially when I worked at Google and Twitter and they would even serve food and dinner and dinner on the weekends sometimes. Yeah. I would go in and I would tweet about it or I'd make a big deal that I was working. When I had team members who were like, I have to go home at the end of the day. I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, you got to work hard. And now I just cringe that I was that because I'm just the opposite now. And the the whole reason I, you know, started Winnie was like, I wanted a a company that I would want to work at for a long time. And and I could kind of have that work-life balance. And just embarrassed that I didn't see that before I had my own children. I totally get that. I will definitely admit to you that I dabbled in that realm for sure. I don't know that I ever tweeted about it, but I know that I felt it in my heart. I remember one time a coworker said something to me. I was leaving at five, which was very uncharacteristic. And he joked, oh, you taking a half day? And I was like, (laughs) I was so offended. Exactly. It was very offensive to me. Yeah. I always wanted to be known for working all the time, which is like, I I should have wanted to be known for, you know, my output and what I achieved and not just that I worked hard. Do you think you're known for something in particular now? I mean, I think my team, which is small, so I'm known among 15 to 20 people, Yeah, really appreciates like this, you know, really flexible 
mm. culture that we've kind of developed at Winnie. And, and what has been surprising is even the non-parents at Winnie really appreciate that. And I think that's one of yeah. the reasons they really like working. We care a lot about having balance outside of work to take care of your kids or just do other things back when people used to you know, be do able things. to leave their home and do things. So something that you mentioned to me in terms of how you spend your time outside of work is that you wish you had time for hobbies, but obviously the aforementioned uh, army of children takes up some of your time. If you did have more time, let's say for hobbies, what would some of them be? What would you want to try? Yeah. So like one of the things growing up that my parents always said was really weird about me was that I didn't have like interests. And my brother always had all these interests. Like he would... What a comment. <laughs> yeah, he would want to learn about like different, you know, periods of history or play yes. chess or, you know, he had friends. And I was just like, I just wanted to do the things that were required of me and do them mm-hmm. really well. But mm-hmm. I didn't want to take on like additional responsibilities or things. <laughs> and I think I am very true to that today. Like I don't feel sad about you know, having kids and work take up all my time because like, I kind of just want to do those things and like do them well. And I don't have a huge desire to like learn a foreign language or learn how to bake bread. The hobbies and things I'm interested in, if they help me towards some goal I have, then I become more interested in them. And so, you know, all my interests are around like usually enriching my children's lives in some sure, way sure. or something that would contribute to my company or professional growth in some meaningful way. Are there any activities that you've gotten into for either pursuit so that you could do them with your family or so that you could do them with your company? Well, as a family, you know, we're trying to like at least get out of the house on the weekend. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> at least walk through the front door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, that is a challenge, but like we, you know, try to at least go to a playground or take a walk yeah. around the neighborhood. And I think that's been nice to be a little bit physical and not just <laughs> lay around all day. Um, especially for me. Ambulation is good. Yeah. I mean, my kids go to preschool during the day, during the week. So at least uh, they they get plenty of outside time, but I don't leave the house. And so right. if I don't like force myself and them out on the weekend, yeah. then I never leave. And it's, that can't be healthy. And we've also been like everyone else getting into cooking and baking a lot because oh, there's nice. pretty much nothing else to do. Oh yeah. Good family activity. And we are also really into puzzles. Well, mostly (gasps) I am really into, yeah, I love like, you know, a thousand, two thousand pieces. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. And now finally, like my five and a half year old will do them with me and she's into them. And then the two and a half year old will just kind of like do her little puzzle on the side and the baby will be a baby. Wow. Wow. This is really a mind blowing moment for me because I'm like, you can have kids and then train them to like some of the things you like, I well, guess, it right? Was funny, like Bryn, my oldest, said to me last weekend, she's like, you know, mom, I really don't really like puzzles that much, but I want to <laughs> spend time with you and you really like puzzles. Oh. So let's do a puzzle. I was like, oh my God, I'm a terrible mother that my child was like so desperate to spend time with me that she'll do this thing that she doesn't even like and pretend she likes it. Oh my uh, God. But you know, I feel like it's educational for her. So <laughs> I don't feel I think you bad. could look at that another way though, actually, and say you've shown your child what it means to be empathetic and to care about someone. 
Yeah. That's a huge skill. And like the games she comes up with are really boring. Like, let's play sleepy time. So I'm like, let's do the puzzle. It's a lot better. That's got to be good for her development. I love puzzles, A, obviously. But B, I feel like I am doing something good for my brain when I do a puzzle. I actually tweeted that the other day too. Like, is there anything in life skills correlated with being really good at puzzles because she is amazing at puzzles. And everyone was like, okay, I'm sorry to say there's not like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's just being good at puzzles. That'll help you be good at puzzles. Okay. Damn it. Okay. All right. Well, there's no job for that. (laughs) No, nothing else it helps with. (laughs) You had mentioned your brother a little while ago because you said that he had interests or your family pointed out that he had interests. And I noticed you tweeted recently that he befriended some of your friends. Yeah. And I'm wondering how that's going for you now that you know that. So he has always been a lot more social than me and had, you know, he would have friends come over growing up. And I would actually have friends come over a lot growing up, but they would come over because my mom served the best snacks. And a lot of times I wouldn't even play with them. They'd be outside and I'd just be inside (laughs) doing my own thing. And I think my mom did it because she wanted me to have friends, but I didn't care about the friends. Yeah. You missed the memo on that one. You're up there doing the puzzle. But my brother had like real legit friends and relationships. So I have these friends. They're, they're actually not I mean, they're friends from Twitter. Like, they're people sure. I worked with at Twitter that I've become really close with. Oh, I thought you meant they're friends that you have met on Twitter. Because, to be fair, I've met a number of friends from Twitter. Oh. I have Twitter friends. I mean, uh, from working at Twitter. <laughs> I see, I see. They're also active on Twitter. But we have, yes. we met all working at Twitter together. Yes. And a lot of them are, are younger than me and mm. closer to my brother's age. I have introduced my brother at different points to these old coworkers, now friends. But I thought like they were just meeting in passing, but they're not just meeting in passing. They like have a whole private chat channel that they've been really active on for many, many years. And I I found out about this because I got invited to a wedding of someone I worked with at Twitter. And so did my brother. And I didn't even know they were friends. That's hilarious. I mean, I'm guessing that that probably started young when your friends were coming over for your mom's snacks. And he's, I mean, maybe that was when he first learned he could just swoop on in and scoop those friends up. Yeah. I I have to go back now and ask if any of those elementary school and middle school friends were actually just playing with my brother all along. Yes, seriously. We got to find out if there's another telegram group whose wedding he's going to next. Exactly. That's so funny. On the theme of things I saw that you tweeted that I have questions about, I noticed that you said you accidentally partially froze a LaCroix and that it was so good. And I was wondering what flavor and based on what flavor you say, like it will mean something to me. Oh, I don't actually know. We've been getting all different every week. It's a different flavor, really. but I like them all. (gasps) Every single flavor? (laughs) Everyone that we've gotten so far. All of them? I didn't love the lemon. It was a little too basic, but oh my god! even that I drink. Sure. There's not one that tastes like sunscreen to you, like tastes horrible, like toxic sunscreen. Uh, no, I'm trying to think. We did the key lime one recently and that okay, was... Okay, that one's good. That was a go-to of mine. Um, and then one of... The, it's pink. Uh, oh, pomp, the pomplamoose? I, I've had that, but then there was a pink one like... Um, Berry? Uh, I don't think it was berry. I think it's like, uh, now I'm, I have to look it up. Um, 
the inquiring minds will want to know. I have uh, to imagine that the audience of this podcast actually does have very strong feelings about LaCroix. I've never had coconut or peach pear because I'm reading now the... Oh, passion fruit. Passion fruit. Oh, yeah. Passion fruit. Now we learn why you think all the flavors are okay because you have never had coconut LaCroix, which I think tastes like someone dumped a bottle of sunscreen into a sparkling water. I don't go to the store, so I can only get what is available on, you know, Amazon Whole Foods delivery Mm. or Instacart. And I've never seen that as an option, but I'm seeing it on the delish.com. It's like the number one flavor. Oh my God. That's so abhorrent that it's the number one flavor. I can't believe that people like that. I really can't. It's really like so crazy how people's tastes can be that different that they enjoy the taste of like absolute pure SPF 75 mixed with sparkling water. <laughs> now I, I got to try it to see what I, I would honor, If you do, please report back. <laughs> this is my raisin. It's so awful to me. And I'm not judging people for liking it. I just can't understand them. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't see how that would be a good flavor because it's terrible. I don't think coconut and sparkling water would go together well. I know. It's extremely strange. Also, you say LaCroix as well, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I never know how to say it. So I just kind of only type it. This conversation about how do you say it feels super 2016, 2017 to me. I feel like I had that conversation just on an endless Groundhog Day style loop in every kitchen I worked in for three years. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's LaCroix. There was definitely a period of time where I was like, oh, could you have me a LaCroix? Yeah. Like I a French pronunciation. That's how I wanted to say it, but I'm glad I never took the leap and said it. <laughs> I looked it up. I, I at one point I think I looked it up. I don't know. You know what? I'd be curious to know what people think about this. Maybe we'll find out. But for now I'm gonna say LaCroix. I will support you in however you want to say it. If you want to <laughs> say LaCroix, that's okay. I'll support you. I'm gonna still not say it. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to get gotcha with a sound bite. <laughs> too embarrassing. (laughs) I love that. What's the most memorable gift you've ever received? Oh boy. This is a tough one. Can I say money? (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) For my wedding, like, you know, they want you to have like a registry. Yeah. I refused. I was like, I'm not registering anywhere. Sure. I only accept checks. Great. Uh, And then some people got really mad and were like, you need to have a registry. So I found some site that was basically like, you could get cash, but you would say it was going to these different things. It's really hard for people to get presents for me because Mm. there's like, if I want something, I'll just buy it. Mm -hmm. I don't really like a lot of things. (laughs) Maybe like someone can buy me a Bitcoin. Yeah. In a way though, is that not just here is some money? (laughs) Here's some money. That is. Here's some decentralized money. Yeah. You said that you would just buy things yourself. What's the best self-gift you've given yourself recently? Hmm. Oh boy. I bought some new leggings because I noticed that like all the leggings I was wearing had, well, actually my daughter pointed out that they all had like (laughs) holes in the crotch. Oh "Oh, no. This is why you have daughters. So they can like point out these things to you. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, at least because of the circumstances, I'm assuming that comment was made at home. Yeah. Like I I never leave the house. I never look in the mirror. Yeah, sure. Who needs it? Waste of time at this point. Yeah, that was a a good purchase. Some pants without holes. Um, Okay, happy for you. That sounds great. Are you doing like at-home yoga or workouts and stuff? Were the leggings bought for a... Absolutely not. No. (laughs) No, who needs it? Uh, Yeah, should be doing that, but not not doing it. Nope. No, leggings are an anytime item. Yeah, I... After having my son, I never lost the baby weight. And I just think at this point, I'm going to have to just write it off. It's not going to happen. And great. 
never going to wear real pants again. And I don't think you should have to. And once again, I'll support you 100% in that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wear whatever you want. (laughs) Okay. So some leggings was a great self-gift. I love to hear that. That's actually a very common self-gift for me, especially in the last few months. I've purchased a number of pairs of yoga pants. I'm glad I'm not alone. I feel cooler than other people are buying leggings right now. 100%. Notice how I call them yoga pants, implying I also do yoga in them. (laughs) At what point does it become a yoga pant? You know, do you need to do yoga in it for that to happen? I do actually do some yoga, but not enough to warrant a whole pant. It's really just a nice legging, if we're being honest. At MIT, they actually have like a, you had to take a certain number of like physical education classes to graduate. Oh my God, in college? Yeah, and I signed up for yoga and they kicked me out. The teacher like went to me once after class and she's like, you really, it was a beginner yoga. Oh my God. And she's like, you, it doesn't look like you're able to do this. What? You can't do any of the moves and positions. Oh my God. I think you'd be better off finding a different class. I'm horrified. I can't believe they said that to you. Yoga is for everyone. No, it's not for me. I'm, I'm very inflexible. I can't touch my toes. That's okay. I can't bend or move. Oh my God. I'm so horrified that someone told you that you couldn't do yoga. Yeah. What about Savasana? That part. You just lay down. Is that the one where you sweat? No, that's literally where... (laughs) That's I could do that. (laughs) Savasana is the period at the end of yoga where you just lay down on your mat with your palms up and you just breathe slowly and quietly. Yeah. I probably also had trouble with that. Okay. <laughs> like the slow and quiet and like, I was probably being distracting too. And giggling I and Okay. So the plot thickens here. There's more to the story. They weren't just kicking you out for not being able to touch your toes. Yeah. I was probably like making a huge deal about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know, if you did want to get back into it, I guess now is the time. But then again, I, it sounds like you'd have to rope all three kids into it as well so that it could be a family activity. Yeah. Yeah. It might be good for them. Family yoga sounds really cute. Yeah. As someone that would not have to do it. I'm saying from the outside, that sounds like a cute activity to observe someone else doing. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my kids will like do anything for screen time of any form. (laughs) Really? And so they'll watch like anything if it's on a screen and I can be like, it's you're watching TV. So I could totally trick them into doing exercise by saying like, "It's, it's TV. That's a great idea. Just call it TV. That's brilliant. That's a parenting hack. Well, I don't know if it would work for all parents. I mean, my kids are okay. just, you know, maybe not as bright as the average child and <laughs> it's easier to pull these things on them. Love it. Love it. I mean, you got to play to your strengths. Look, you're outnumbered. Okay. Yeah. It's you and your husband and three children. You have to use whatever tactics that you have at your disposal. Exactly. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Uh, So who I would want to play me when I was like 16, my Mm -hmm. older cousin told me that I looked like Natalie Portman. Yes. And I've just held on to that for the rest of my life that I'm like, she will play me. We are the same. I'm totally Natalie Portman. But who would actually play me? Probably like some really unattractive actor oh God, that was no. like morbidly obese or something. Oh, come on. <laughs> Absolutely not. In I my won't head, hear it. it's Natalie Portman playing me. Then on this podcast, it will be Natalie Portman. Yeah. I think that sounds great. Okay. So let's say we're filming the movie. Would you pick like a year or an event in your life that the movie's about? Or would this be a biopic? 
I think it would have to be the whole life and find some mm-hmm. interesting points. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, okay. it would be a pretty boring movie. I see. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's it's happening anytime soon because we don't know. Don't, We've just put that out there to the universe. That just sit and work. They <laughs> like, really they could like watch Sarah work. Oh, she's <laughs> working again. Watch Sarah work. By the way, would be an incredible title of a movie about a woman who worked a lot. And then the, maybe the character arc was realizing that it's more important to learn how to collaborate and build relationships. <laughs> and it's not as important to be a workaholic. What do you think about that? I like that. Yeah. Watch Sarah work actually sounds like an incredible movie. Okay. Nobody steal yeah. that. I'm going to write that movie. Um, and then we'll call Natalie. You know, it'll be my second call to Natalie because when I interviewed Adrian Porter felt on non-technical, we also thought that Natalie Portman could play her. So I think that this, selfishly, this is the start of a beautiful creative partnership between me and Natalie Portman. (laughs) That's a good idea. Yeah. Right? She'd definitely reach out. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like she'd be into it. I was saying on that episode that I think she'd be really into like learning about what it's like to be an engineer at Google. I think she would love to learn about running a company and having all those kids and all that stuff. I think it could be great. Let's do it. Great. I'll call her up. I'll I'll send her a little text. I don't want to seem too eager, you know? Yeah. Actually, I think like once when I was working at Google, she actually came and visited Google. Really? I I felt like I should go up to her and be like, my cousin once said I look like you. Love that. But that didn't feel like a strong enough connection. Yeah. It does feel to approach someone like Natalie Portman. (laughs) There needs to be an impetus behind that conversation. Yeah. I need something a little better. So this could be the thing. I think this is it. Okay. Also, my request would be that you front load it with on the podcast, non-technical hosted by very funny comedian, Alexis Gay. Just, I would like to be a part of it. Do you know what I mean? And then you go into the thing where you say, we discussed you playing me in a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, good. That sounds good. Will you do that for me? When you talk to Natalie, you'll bring it up. I will. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Okay. What makes you laugh? I mean, jokes. Love Uh, it. <laughs> um, Same. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, jokes. Oh, you know what? <laughs> um, I laugh all the time when my kids get hurt, and it's like oh my God. really terrible because they always are like, "Mom, why are you laughing?" I'm like, "Oh no, really hurt. I need to go to the emergency." Yeah, room. yeah. And I'm like, "You just fell out of your chair for no reason." <laughs> like, so funny. That's so funny. That's whenever they get really hurt, I always just like start hysterically laughing. I know there's some like reason for that. There's like something wrong with my brain wiring or something. Yeah. But I'm really trying to work on that because I know that they don't like that. Isn't that supposed to be in a way good because really young kids read what adults think about them falling or hurting themselves? So if you act like it wasn't a big deal, they don't feel as hurt. I'll try that. I'll tell them that, that they're supposed to be okay, that I'm laughing when they get hurt. My mom definitely used to do that to me. In some ways, I feel like she still does that to me. She constantly pretends things are not a big deal. Oh yeah, no, that's no big deal. And it could be like a big deal. She's like, no, it's fine. And I think that it's like what she did to me as a kid where it was like, you're okay, you're fine. And then the kid is supposed to be fine. Yeah, maybe that would be better than just like me, like laughing at them and pointing (laughs) and like, ah. I get it. Especially if they're wearing those adorable little hats with the ears, because then yeah. it looks just like a tiny little animal fell down. Yeah, that's that's true. Cute. Do you believe in ghosts? No. 
Full stop. No ghosts. No ghosts. Have you ever believed in ghosts? No. (laughs) (laughs) Never, never been a thought that crossed my mind. So ghosts like are just not a part of your deal at all. No. I mean, I'm afraid of rodents and like creatures in the night that are like real. Like I don't like animals that Mm -hmm. come out at night. Sure. If you were to put me in like a haunted mansion, I would be like afraid there might be rodents in there. Okay. But you wouldn't be afraid even for a second that the mansion was actually haunted. No. Wow. I want to know what that feels like because I would be scared. I'm not saying that I believe in long white nightgown wearing children ghosts in the night, but being in a place that other people believe is haunted would terrify me. I mean, I'd be scared that like maybe there's a rapist hiding out in there. Of course. Aren't we all? Not like a ghost. Yeah. A real person. (laughs) I love that. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back with Sarah Moskoff. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Public.com. Public.com is the investing social network where you can buy stocks with any amount of money and share ideas within a community of investors. We've all heard the saying, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, which is a big yikes. Something that caught my attention recently is that Public announced they would no longer be generating revenue from Payment for Order Flow, or PFOF. What that means is Public is committing to routing trades directly between you and the stock exchanges, like NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange. Why that matters is it avoids the conflict of interest between potentially competing incentives of the brokerage and the customer. If you caught all that, you know it's a good thing and not something everybody does. And if you're new to investing and that meant nothing to you, that's okay too. One of the great things about public.com is you can learn as you go. The built-in social features provide plenty of opportunities to learn. Head to public.com to sign up or take a look at what I'm investing in at public.com slash yay Alexis Gay. And now the fine print, this is not investment advice. This offer is valid for U.S. residents 18 plus and subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures for more information. And we're back with Sarah Moskoff, the CEO and co-founder of Winnie. Sarah, we have come to the lightning round. Are you ready? Oh boy. No, I'm not, but... I believe that you are. I believe... Again, I believe in you. Okay. Number one, coffee or tea? Coffee. Same. How do you take it? Cream and sugar. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you answered that. iOS or Android? iOS. Forever and always? Yeah. Yeah, Same. (laughs) Do you play board games? Yes. Do you have a favorite? Yes. One I just got into with my kids (gasps) called Quirkle. Oh, it's really fun. Like even for grownups. Really? But uh, my kids can play. So it's I love like that a, kind of a scrabble, but a visual scrabble. Oh, I am sold. Do you let them win the kids? No, no, never. Have you ever let them win? We don't play winners and losers, which means oh my God. we don't tally the points, but I keep track of my head and I always win. Honestly, that would be hard for me. I know that sounds terrible to say, but playing without winners and losers, what is the point? I guess it's so that your family has a nice time together. But for me, that would be hard. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I always win Yeah, in my head sure. and I celebrate with myself. Okay. But 
I don't, I try not to rub it in. I was going to say, do you acknowledge it to your husband? Like, Hey, just so you know, I know we weren't keeping score, but actually I was keeping score and I did win. Yes. And also my oldest daughter, who's incredibly competitive and doesn't want to play winners and losers because she doesn't want to lose. Oh, does also keep score and will also say, you know, who won (gasps) between like me and my husband. Um, yeah, but we'll always claim like she would have won if she if we were playing winners and losers, but we weren't. So mm. I'm wondering who this charade is for. It's at for, that point, it's for her. <laughs> <laughs> she can't admit defeat, but uh, oh no, <laughs> she she will get there. <laughs> okay, good. Maybe when she's a little bit older. Okay, have you ever read a book twice? No, never. <laughs> I don't think so. That's not true. I read my kids' books like oh, okay, sure, multiple times in the same night because they yeah. like they need to read the same book over and over. But for me, no, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm like one and done. What's the most recent kids' book you read twice? Oh gosh, uh, I mean every single one we read. Uh, <laughs> oh we're, we're really into the the elephant and piggy series. Cute. I don't um, know it myself personally, but it sounds adorable. So we read a bunch of those every night. That's great. Do you have a pump up song? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're not, maybe not appropriate. Um, <laughs> not appropriate to share. <laughs> what is this song? <laughs> well, I actually recently i I've been I've been uh, re-listening to Soldier Boy because oh he was he was in Clubhouse. I had kind of forgotten yes. about him, but then he was on Clubhouse and I was like, oh yeah, like I loved that song. Uh, yeah. So I've been, I've been like playing that a lot lately and I feel like that, Love that. really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's upbeat. That's a great pump up song. I feel like that definitely would get me excited to do whatever it is that I was going to do. Yeah. So especially crank that. I'd be very excited. That's the primary messaging of the song. I saw like a TikTok trend too of people dancing to that. So maybe it's coming Wow. Back. Wow. Oof. Yeah. Okay. That shows me just how much time has passed since that song was popular. <laughs> what would you title your memoir? Uh, what was that that we figured out for my movie? Sarah Watch Working. Sarah Work. <laughs> Watch Sarah Work. That's a good... I'll make that my memoir. That's a good one. That would be an excellent memoir title. Read about Sarah Working. I love that. That's, <laughs> it's actually a companion what? book to the film. There's watch Sarah work and then there's <laughs> read about Sarah working. <laughs> I love that. And then we could do like, there could be a podcast or an accompanying audiobook that's listened to Sarah work, but that's actually just ASMR of you typing at your computer. That's good. Yeah. That's, wow. We've got a whole media good. franchise built around your it. life. I love Great. It. Don't forget to name drop me to Natalie when you talk to her. I will not forget. Okay, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical today. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yay. And where can people find you if they want to hear more from you? They can find me on Twitter at SM or they can find Winnie at Winnie.com. Winnie like Winnie the Pooh. Find daycare and preschool. Absolutely. What a badass Twitter handle you have, truly. That's one of the benefits of being an early employee. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Truly. Okay. Well, listeners, what a pleasure to have everybody today. If you are so moved, go ahead and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. One quick little preference. If it could include a little tech lingo, a little corpse speak, that'd be amazing. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at yayalexisgay. And you can find the podcast on Twitter at nontechnicalpod. One more time, Sarah, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Oh boy, I have a review to read. Okay, this one comes from fan over 65 years old. It says, fabulous idea, five stars. I so enjoyed learning about these unbelievably talented and successful business entrepreneurs. Alexis's questions showcase their fascinating backgrounds. Each show captured their interesting personalities and preferences on a myriad assortment of ideas and food favorites. Thanks, fan over 65 years old. I appreciate that. That's from podcaster under 65 years old. And if you want to hear me read your review on the next episode, go ahead and toss me your review on iTunes. Throw a little tech lingo, a little corpse speak in there, and you might hear it on the pod. Until next time, talk to you soon. Bye.